This is Amanda Dibert. You're listening to Pantheon Podcast Network. History in five songs. With host Martin Popoff. A production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. Martin Popoff here back again for another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff brought to you by the good people at Pantheon Podcasts. We are pleased as always to be part of this always vast and expanding network. Uh, We are available on Spotify, iTunes, uh, Simplecast and over 40 other podcast platforms. All right. Um, I wasn't really planning on doing this episode. It seemed a little obvious, but then I kind of worked on it a little bit and found a way kind of to make it interesting. Uh, Our last episode was 180. Uh, I called that Worst Album Titles. Uh, This is called, guess what? Best Album Titles. And I I found a lot of kind of interesting things to talk about here, and I've sorted it into uh, categories again just to kind of like peer under rocks and see what we could find uh, for good album titles. I just felt like it was too subjective um, that, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of arguable what's a what's a gra- what's a great album title it was it seemed a little more material with worst album titles i guess what I'm, i was trying to say so anyways um you know uh mick Phelan uh, kind of helped me out on this a little he came up with some categories that sounded a little exciting and actually i didn't even use any of his categories in the end but still he he spurred me on and said okay let's get this going here's the other thing that happened that i thought was kind of interesting a little bit of uh serendipity or uh, Carl Jung's synchronicity here. I was just driving around listening to CBC radio and they had an interview with, uh, with, uh, Oh, what's his name? Anyways, the band's the headstones, right? The lead guy from the headstones, the actor guy. Oh, I can't, can't uh, believe I'm, I'm blanking on his name. Anyways, there's a new headstones album out and it's called flight risk. And I thought that's a really kind of a cool name for a, for an album title. How come nobody's ever really thought of that? It's uh and then, you know, there was a uh, Hugh Dillon, that's his name. So, so he ran into a bit of problem with the law earlier on. He had to flee to the UK and he came back. And so, yeah, long stories had, had a pretty rough life, um, uh, momentous life, but, but I thought, you know, so it works with the band, but that's not even the main thing. The main thing is, um, I just like the idea that it's a, it's a good catchy album title. And you think no one's ever really thought of that before. I know someone's going to probably go on Facebook and say, oh, there's three albums called Flight Risk already. But uh, anyways, I, I just, um, I thought that was kind of neat that uh, sometimes there are these these terms that are used that, uh, you know, just sound great. And, and you know, I always used to love how, you know, I would interview bands and they would complain about, oh, we couldn't think of a title. We couldn't come up with a title. So finally we just blurted something out or the record label just named it for us or whatever. And it's like, that that's my favorite part of the entire job is coming up with titles for things, right? Song titles, album titles and stuff. But, um, but yeah, it's kind of, kind of interesting. It, it seems like that would be the most fun part of being a rock star really is is coming up with titles you know it's it's kind of neat um and you know even when i'm doing books sometimes um you know it, it it's never it never goes so far as a title inspires me to do a damn book um but along the way once i get started or or gets thinking about it and a great title of the book comes to mind to me it, it does give me a little lift and it kind of spurs me on to get the thing finished right um and then the other thing that's really cool about um you know Biff Bifford from Saxon comes to mind, but 
10 different guys have told me this over the years. I think Geezer Butler even told me this. Um, but I love when um, sometimes they'll literally come up with a title and write the song around the title and be excited to come up with a song because of just all they did is come up with a cool title. Um, you know, and sometimes there's a concept in that title, but oftentimes not really. Um, so that's kind of cool too, that titles can be that important. Here's the last thing I want to say before we get to our first one. So I rattled through a whole pile of my favorite bands and uh, there are a lot of bands that don't have particularly amazing titles. Thin Lizzy is one, for example. Um... I, I didn't really make, make a, you know, Black Sabbath's one that doesn't have tons and tons of amazing titles. And what I, what I mean is amazing, right? We're all going to say, you know, oh, man, oh, all their titles are great, right? Or most of them or whatever. But I'm just saying, like, none leapt out uh, that I'm going to put in these categories. So that was kind of a cool thing that spurred me on to do this episode as well. There are a whole pile of bands. I went through, like, 10, 12, 15 albums in my head of their catalog and go, nope, 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 nope. So... So, you know, this is a little more selective than I thought. Um, and, you know, the last thing is yeah, the temptation of this episode is going to be for me to not start naming bad album titles, especially ones that I mentioned in the last episode. We'll, we'll hopefully stay away from that. Anyways, take a listen to our first selection here. This is Soundgarden with Rusty Cage. Okay, well, the theme here is Greatest Hits Albums. Uh, you know, I remember over the years, there's lots of interesting names of Greatest Hits Albums. So this, I love this song, number one. Any excuse to play this song is pretty cool. Uh, every, you know, the first time I heard this song, I thought, oh, that's their Aerosmith Toys in the Attic, right? Anyways, um, this is from their Greatest Hits Album as well, of course, uh, called Telephantasm. So that's kind of cool. They named a Greatest Hits Album Telephantasm. Uh, and a few others, uh, you know, usually... Well, I guess the I guess the first amazing name for a greatest hits album is greatest hits, right? So, uh, you know, you want to talk about an album that will will bring people into the shops, you know, all the best, gold, icon, you know, all these different uh, ways to call this the very best of. Um, but putting that aside, uh, a few that I thought were were kind of cool and interesting is the Beatles one. Remember when that thing came out? That's pretty cool. Just calling this thing one, and it's you know the narrative. It's their number one hits, right? Uh, typo negative has the least worst of. Uh, Cradle of Filth, more of a compilation, had something called Lovecraft and Witch Hearts. Uh, Devo had Greatest Misses. Um, the Very Beast of Dio. I wrote liner notes for one of those, and uh, Wendy sent me a gold record for that, right? Um, Let's see, uh, Absolute Garbage by Garbage, uh, The Killers, Direct Hits, so it kind of goes with the name, The Killers, that was kind of cool. Led Zeppelin Mothership, I thought that was a pretty cool name for a compilation. Um, Madonna, The Immaculate Collection. Uh, Pantera has Far Beyond the Great Southern Cowboys Vulgar Hits. Uh, Primus, uh, they, all, they Can't All Be Zingers. Uh, Soil Work has something called The Sledgehammer Files. And uh, The Who has a Who's Better, Who's Best, which, of course, a whole pile of their titles are, are you know, using the, the name The Who, but this is also a, a, a pun on You Better, You Bet, which is one of their recent hits, right, around this time. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, 
All right, let's move on to our second selection here in History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff. This is MC5 with Borderline. All right, so that's from the great Kick Out the Jams album, and the theme here is live albums, live albums that have uh, good titles, right? You know, there's a lot, there's a lot of crappy ones. You know, uh, boy, Humble Pie, you can never remember that one at the Fillmore East or whatever. Almond Brother, both oh, the Fillmore albums are hard to even remember the dang titles of, right? And then there's of course a lot of live, and there's live exclamation mark, and there's live exclamation mark colon something else added on or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I love that. Uh, yeah, I think this is one of the greatest examples because uh, it is, it's a, first off, it's a debut. It's a debut of all, you know, well, there's covers on it, but all, all originals, right? It's a, it's one of those. Um, and uh, Kick Out the Jams is such a great title, period, but it's also, uh, it turns out to be their most famous song. It turns out to be this great catchphrase, right? It's all about, um, you know, it it's, it's kind of about, uh, their their super heavy work ethic, like um, you know all these all these uh, British bands, all the big bands of the time, legendary bands would roll through Detroit uh, because it was you know a big hopping place at the time, and they play the legendary Grandy Ballroom, and and uh, you know MC5 was like you know we're gonna show these guys from a way that you know here's how we do it in Detroit, we're gonna kick out the jams, we're gonna blow these guys off the stage kind of thing. Um, so I always thought that was kind of cool. That's a great live title. Um, you know, another one that I always loved was Saxon the Eagle has landed. Uh, just just having that attached to that, I think, raised the, uh, you know, the, the profile of that record. Um, and then along the same lines, you've got Motorhead, No Sleep Till Hammersmith. That's a great, a great live title, too. It, you know, plays on uh, Lemmy and Speed and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and just like, you know, giving her all out and Hammersmith, you know, always in North America. We love the name of that place, Hammersmith, right? It sounded so heavy metal, right? Right. Um, and then, of course, Strapping Young Lad did No Sleep Till Bedtime. Right. Uh, so there's Devin's uh, great sense of humor. Kiss Alive. You know, I mean, just just even the word alive with an exclamation mark uh, was pretty cool. And I think it raised the energy level that we all felt around that album. Uh, no, no FX. Kind of a you know a comedic uh, uh, later later on uh, punk band, right? Uh, they have an album called I Heard They Suck Live, uh, and they've actually gotten worse live, both with exclamation marks. Uh, growing up as a kid, Ted Nugent double live Gonzo with an exp- exclamation mark. You know, just having that word Gonzo in there. Uh, but um, I think he's got the best one on this entire entire list of great great names for a live album. Intensities in Ten Cities. Unfortunately, it wasn't a very good album. Album, but uh, what a great title and that is like kick out the jams so there's the tie in there with what we played uh, it is a live album of all new songs um, but yeah intensities intensities wow um, 
Blister Cult, you know, On Your Feet or On Your Knees, I always thought was a little bit of a mouthful and not that great, but I really like Some Enchanted Evening. I think that's a great, you know, it's a, it's a placid, uh, and what a great album cover as well. Uh, Black Sabbath had Live Evil, perfect. Uh, the Fall, Live at the Witch Trials, uh, which I just used for a Dio, Dio episode of The Contrarians. I called it Dio Live at the Witch Trials. It was a what if uh, Dio had put out a double live album at that time. Uh, U2, Under a Blood Red Sky. Um which I think, I, I can't remember the track list, but it, it's always been considered an EP, right? I can't remember exactly how long it is, but I thought that was pretty cool, and that's a quote from one of their songs, of course. Uh, Iggy and the Stooges, Metallic KO. Wow. Uh, what a great title for a terrible live album. That is basically just a just a bootleg thing that came out. It's not very good, but uh, yeah, I've got a framed-up signed copy of that, uh, signed by Iggy, James, Scott, and, uh, and Ron. So I'm missing the uh, the saxophone player on that. Is that Scott Thurston or the the other? I think they had two different guys, right? I, I don't know. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, that's great. Metallic KO. It sounds so heavy, right? Uh, the Ramones, It's Alive. Um, that's just one of those great ideas. Like, uh, has anybody ever done that one before? It's Alive. I thought that was cool. Um, Johnny Cash at Folsom Prison. Um, you know, that's, uh, that's an iconic title for an iconic live album. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, having prison in the title like that and, and, you know, conjuring that image of him playing in prison. That's pretty cool. Hawkwind space ritual, right? Having the word ritual in a title is really cool. And this is a live album. It doesn't say live anywhere in the title, of course. And it's, that's the one that folds out to the, uh, I think it's a six panel, eight panel. Um, you know, big, the, the original vinyl had this great packaging by Barney Bubbles as well. Um, Let's see, Jethro Tull bursting out. I always thought that was a cool name for a live album. Judas Priest unleashed in the East. Nice alliteration there. I think that's the term. Grateful Dead, Live Dead. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool as well. Um, so there you go. There's your, uh, you know, I'm sure there's many more. And there were there were a lot that were on the edge that I left out, you know, that were like, eh, whatever, live and dangerous, blah, blah, blah. I always, I always hated that title, UFO, Strangers in the Night. I hated Go For What You Know. Here I am doing, doing the bad album titles. I, t- I said I wasn't going to do that. Anyways, um, all right. This episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff is sponsored by BetterHelp. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is custom online therapy that offers video phone and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to it's a much more affordable uh, than in-person therapy and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about it's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset and special offer to history and five songs with martin popoff listeners you can get 10 percent off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash five songs that's better h-e-l-p.com slash five songs thanks again to better help for sponsoring this hello pantheon podcast listeners christian swain here to tell you more about my experience with raycon earbuds our family now has three pairs of raycon earbuds around the house and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price and yes she loves them now if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of raycons or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out. 
because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. Episode. All right, let's take a listen to our third selection here. This is Hawkwind with D-Rider. Okay, so this is Hawkwind from Hall of the Mountain Grill. Our theme here is uh, ah, kind of good puns, jokes, amusing, kind of just clever uh, and catchy at the same time. This is uh, Hawkwind's fourth album, issued September 6th, 1974. As you know, I did a Hawkwind visual biography. I still have copies of that. You can get that at martinpopoff.com. Um, this is a song written by Nick Turner, and we just lost Nick Turner recently. Unfortunately, for, for many years, there was that big war between Dave Brock, who is Hawkwind, the leader of Hawkwind. He's done a great job of keeping it going along with his wife, right? Um, you know, on the business end of things and uh, and and being prolific, even in his older age, right? Uh, but yes, we lost a uh, saxophonist, uh, Nick Turner, recently. He wrote this one. Uh, but this, this title, of course, is a nod to... Uh, Hall of the Mountain King in the Hall of the Mountain King, Ed, Ed, Edward Grieg, um, but also um, a cafe that they used to go to in Portobello Road that they used to hang out. So uh, hence Hall of the Mountain Grill. So I thought that was a, that was a great title, right? Um, let's see, what else do we got here? Um, you know, um, I noticed that people really think that the um, 
that the moving pictures title of Rush is really good. And of course, it really is when you combine it with that album cover. I won't go into the whole story. Permanent Waves, kind of a bit of a pun there. Um, you know, Neil is subtle with his puns because um, puns, of of course, are known as the lowest form of humor, right? Um, and uh, and you don't want to be too punny with your puns sort of thing. Clockwork Angels, I always thought, was a little bit of a, of a mouthful and not very good. Um, but I loved uh, Wigwam, a Norwegian glam band. Um here, here we get into the pretty good ones. This is one I always remember. 667, Neighbor of the Beast. That's pretty cool. Ugly Kid Joe is kind of the king of these. I might have mentioned them last episode, but they had As Ugly As They Want to Be, and then they actually had Uglier Than They Used to Be. Uh, they had Motel California, um, but they're amazing one. Um, actually, they had, what else did they have? Um, anyways, they're, they're amazing one is their latest album, Rad Wings of Destiny. So I thought that uh, that definitely needed a mention. Um, you know, what else we got? Uh, you know, Malice in Wonderland uh, is a great one as well, and that got used twice, right, by P, uh, Pace Ashton Lord and by Nazareth. Uh, and uh, yeah, so yeah, Ugly Kid Joe, they all also had America's Least Wanted. They had Menace to Sobriety and Stairway to Hell. Um, Golden Smog had Blood on the Slacks. Um, Betalica, all you need is blood. Um, Judas Priest, stained class. So that's an interesting one. That's a subtle one, right? And uh, and I love how they don't have stained glass on the on the album cover, like it's a picture of that 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 head, and it, the colors are kind of stained glassy. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of a cool thing. Stained class, it kind of makes a statement. It's short, it's snappy. Um, but unfortunately, you know what happened is uh, now they have to deal with uh, you know stupid people at the label or fans or whatever. Uh, often, 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 uh, just mistaking the album and calling it stained glass all the time, right? Um, which. Actually, um, I did on purpose, of course, in the April Fool's episode of The Contrarians. You can go back and see that from last year. Um, that, that was a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, what were we doing there? Um, I, I guess I've done this twice now, maybe? Maybe with Contrarians? I'm not sure. We did one with, uh, with Sea of Tranquility as well. But yeah, so that's, uh, that was done there. <laughs> and uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers has Californication, which, uh, which was a, you know, a stunner of a title. And there was also like, like the TV thing, uh, you know, using that title. Municipal Waste has Massive Aggressive. Black Sabbath Sabotage was pointed out on the Facebook page. Or maybe Mick pointed this out. Um, but that's that's kind of a nice one. It's classy. It's got Sab in the name, right? Sabotage. And then, you know, Sabotage of their career uh, that was kind of going on on a management end of things. Um, Radiohead has Hail to the Thief. Leslie West, The Great Fatsby. Uh, Lordy has The Arocalypse. Um, and here's a good one. Weed Eater has And Justice for Y'all. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, all right, let's move on to our fourth selection here. Take a listen to this. Speaking of Black Sabbath, this is Black Sabbath with Sabra Cadabra. Okay, the theme here is uh, just almost like the general theme, the provocative, flashy, memorable, cool album titles. Um, and so this song, of course, comes from 
uh, Black Sabbath Volume 5, uh, otherwise known as Sabbath Bloody Sabbath. Wow. Um, so what a title. Big, long title. Uh, you know, the name of the band is Black Sabbath. They've got Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath in here. You know, it goes with Sunday, Bloody Sunday. Um, it's just really provocative and, uh, you know, incendiary and transgressive. And then combine it with that that album cover, which, like, you've heard my rant on this. I just can't believe that thing even got released. Um, but it did. Um but yeah, what a great, great, you know, huge, long, epic uh, album title for Black Sabbath there. And, you know, and I went through all the Black Sabbath titles. And yeah, they're all pretty good, but not not amazing, right? Um, I, I, you know, one I wanted to point out was Paranoid. I, I think that's just a great, cool little short word. You know, it's a it's a violent word um, that uh, that is great for a, a, you know, a proto early heavy metal album title. You know, along the same lines and also in 1973, it made me think of this album. Alice Cooper, Billion Dollar Babies. Wow. So again, three words, flashy, um, really memorable. It gave it gave them a theme for the cover. You got the baby with the makeup on and stuff. So that's really cool. Be- better than their other ones. Um, you know, after this, there was Muscle of Love. Killer is short and kind of okay, but Love It to Death, eh, I don't know. But, but yeah, this one is just so incredibly flashy and cool. And I love the way they combined it with the snakeskin thing, which has nothing to do with this. And it, and it like gave a multiple disorienting sort of image going on. Um, and one I always think of, I always joke when people talk about great album titles this one always sticks in my head agoraphobic nosebleed has a title an album title called frozen corpse stuffed with dope um king crimson in the court of the crimson king uh in the wake of poseidon here we are flashy but they're not all that memorable you always got to think of it because king crimson has a song called the court of the crimson king lark's tongue in aspic starless starless and bible black i think is their is their greatest album title it's so sinister sounding um and it's a quotation from from dylan thomas uh, a play under milkwood um but yeah that's really cool um you know, Meatloaf, Bad Out of Hell. I don't think that album would have been uh, as successful as it was did it not have that title and that album cover to go along with it because it's got the most horrendous band name you've ever heard in your life. Uh, and then the album's, you know, the album's a cool sell and it's it's interesting and blah, blah, blah and all that. But I don't think uh, I don't think without that title and that album cover, it would have gone over the top the way it did. Um, the Smiths, The Queen is Dead. I thought that's a really cool dramatic album title. Uh, here's one that I just, I don't know why I put it on this list. The Damned, Strawberries. Um, you know, The Damned has good album titles, but this is this is just like so simple and interesting, right? Um, Led Zeppelin, Physical Graffiti. Mick, Mick pointed this one out, and I thought it was pretty cool. And he, and he even said, he goes, Total originality, the creation of a metaphorical title so good that we feel it's always existed. That's pretty cool. Um, you know, I didn't do the research to check if uh, if anybody's ever called called you know used this term before. Probably not, though. I I kind of I kind of agree with Mick on this. But you know, the idea of that of that New York tenement there, that famous um, that that famous uh, you know old crumbly looking apartment building deal. Um, being physical graffiti, being like a built version of graffiti rather than, you know, words put on. So I, I thought that's pretty cool. And people always remember that one. We don't know how to spell it all the time. I always have to, you know, get my little word word red squiggly underline and, and hit because I can never remember if it's got two F's or two T's or one or the other kind of thing. Um, Jethro Tull, Thick as a Brick, I thought was a great 
flashy, cool, humorous title for a prog album, right? Because prog, the antithesis of, you know, you don't want to be thick, right? And I thought Aqualung is pretty cool. You've got Zap and the Mothers with Weasels Ripped My Flesh, Hot Rats, We're Only In It For The Money, and then my favorite of all of them, um, not a Mothers, but a Zap one, Ship Arriving Too Late To Save A Drowning Witch which goes with that graphic. Uh, Pantera has Cowboys from Hell and Vulgar Display of Power. I think Cowboys from Hell is just a really cool, flashy, interesting title that brings in the Texas thing and, you know, hell. And I thought that was great. Talking Heads have more songs about buildings and food and the name of the band is the Talking Heads. Um, Here's one that always comes up as one of the great titles of all time. The Beatles with Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. I don't like that title, but... You don't you don't forget it. You, you don't remember the whole thing, but you don't forget it. I mean, people just call it Sergeant Peppers, right? Um, uh, or Sergeant Pepper. Uh, Bob Dylan had blood on the tracks, which we referenced earlier. Dead Kennedys, fresh fruit for rotting vegetables. Spaceman Three. I like this one. Taking drugs to make music to take drugs to. Um, other ones that are always kind of tend to be on lists of people's favorite album titles are Jimi Hendrix Experience, Are You Experienced? Uh, and uh, David Bowie, The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and The Spiders from Mars. And I often see The Clash London Calling uh, show up as well. And, and you know, granted, I hear that and, and instinctively, reflexively, I think that's a great title, right? Um, here's one that people don't kind of bring up too often that I think is, is a brilliant title. ACDC, Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap. Um, and you know, elsewhere they have some good ones. They're okay. Um, but that's, but that's an amazing one. Blue Oyster Cult, The Revolution by Night, Fire of Unknown Origin, Tyranny and Mutation. Um, we've already talked about Hawkwind, but they've got Cork Strangeness and Charm. It's the business of the future to be dangerous. Church of Hawkwind. Kind of cool, right? Um, you know, just stick Church of in front of your name. Um, Earth. Uh, the bees made honey in the lion's skull. Uh, Candlemass, Epicus, Dumicus, Metallicus. There you go. So so those are just kind of cool, interesting ones, right? Um, okay, now this last category is a little bit of a stretch. See if you could stay with me on this. It's a little deep. But um, take a listen to this song, first of all. Aerosmith, Sick as a Dog. All right, Sick as a Dog rivals Draw the Line for me as greatest Aerosmith song of all time. I'm either, depending on what mood I'm in, I'm up up one on, on, on one or the other. Um, but this is from an album called Rocks. And that title, you know, you think, you think it's like just a sort of a simple, no big deal title, Rocks. But here's the thing with it. Okay, first of all, it's got that amazing album cover where you've got those pictures of those diamonds. So you're thinking... Aerosmith rocks, as in is the title Aerosmith rocks, as in do they rock? Um, but then you've got rocks as these diamonds, um, and so you've you've got this multiple sort of meaning. Um, you know, I, I I don't think you want to go so far as to say uh, rocks of crack because I mean, did crack even exist in 1976? I don't know. Um, but anyways, um, it's kind of it's it's just kind of this cool title, but the 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 deepness I want to do in this category, this category I'm calling huge selling albums. So, 
I think what happens with a title like that is this album becomes so monu- uh, monumental and beloved, and it's the most loved. It's not that that massive a selling album, but it, but it's um, it's just such such an iconic album that the word takes on greater meaning because the album is so iconic. And I think you feel that. So this comes a little bit from I remember talking to Billy Squire once. Um, and I know I brought this up before, but um, talking to Billy Squire and he goes, oh, yeah, I was hanging out at the bar. You know, none of us were doing doing much, uh, you know, hanging out in Boston. And uh, and Rick Ocasek comes up to me and says, oh, you know, I started a new band. We're calling it The Cars. And, B- and Billy Billy goes, yeah. And I thought to myself, oh, yeah, that'll go far. Um, and so I, I thought that was funny. And, and I think of The Cars and I think of The Police. And I think of these as being names of bands that have transcended because they're so iconic bands that they've transcended the stupid name and the name uh, when you think in a rock and roll term you don't even think of a police force or an automobile anymore you think of you think of that so so the idea here is um, I th- I think there are titles where we go the name has transcended because the album is so iconic but the name might not have even been good. But now the name sounds better because it was such a big selling album and we start to imbue it with more meaning. And along this line, I thought of Fleetwood Mac rumors, um, you know, about the band and all that kind of stuff. You know, it does have some meaning. But even Michael Jackson, Thriller, uh, ACDC Back in Black, which is a good title and it has meaning and all that. And it goes with the cover and Bon Scott dying and all that. But I think we, I think it, it, it's an even better title because of how that record is sold. Even Highway to Hell, I think um, it, it moves away from having any occult or satanic feel and it and it just becomes this phrase that goes with ACDC that the hell kind of seems to be stripped out of it it's like it ACDC owns those three words now um Pink Floyd the dark side of the moon the wall wish you were here I mean wish you were here is a terrible title but because that album is so iconic those four boring words together um we kind of think they're geniuses for coming up with them kind of thing. Animals as well. Another funny one in this department is Rolling Stone's Some Girls, right? Some Girls sounds like a sentence that was made too short. It sounds like it ha- should have an ellipsis after. We know it goes with the song and Some Girls, and then there's examples of these different girls, right? But um, it's just a weird little title. But still... Um, that the stupidity of that title and the facelessness of that title uh, has been transcended by it being one of the most beloved Stones albums. Um, Metallica, Metallica, right? So, so here's, here's we're getting real deep on this now. But um, great, great name of a band. Um, forget, forget that everybody has to call the album the Black Album, but it's th- that name gets even more pixie dust and magic thrown upon it because it's also the name of an iconic album now. That's kind of my my thought on that. You two, the Joshua Tree. You know, they made the Joshua Tree even more famous, right? Green Day, Dookie. Um, the Beatles, Abbey Road, which is kind of like, oh, we're just going to name this after a road and our studio or whatever, right? Um, but, you know, I, I think it takes on more more greatness. It obviously makes that place more famous and everybody walks across the, the road and all that stuff, the zebra there. Um, but to, oh, along the lines, and, and, you know, Mick had pointed this out as well, and this, this could be a category or whatever, but not really. But I, I thought I'd look up, uh, you know, places named or albums named after places or the studio or whatever. So you've got 5150 named after the studio, music from Big Pink, 
uh, the band uh, named after the house that they recorded in. And along with that, you've got Bob Dylan, the basement tapes, which was, you know, made in the basement of Big Pink or whatever. Sonic Youth, Murray Street, Eric Clapton, 461 on Ocean Boulevard, the house he rented while he was recording. Um, so he's not recording in that house. Uh, Jimi Hendrix, Electric Ladyland. I saw this big debate about how Electric Ladyland was only partially built and blah, blah, blah. And did he record there and rename, blah, blah. So that's it's kind of a funny one. Uh, Elton John has two of these, Caribou and Honky Chateau. Um, Caribou Recording Studio and Honky Chateau, you know, the Chateau. I guess this is the same place Rainbow recorded, right? Um, Cowboy Junkies has the Trinity Sessions. Uh, Jeff Beck has Air Blower. That's a, so there's a little side note for you. Um, so there you go. Um, let's leave it at that. I'm, I'm going to, because we've gone our, our half hour, I'm, I'm not going to go through all this uh, this honorable mention stuff. And, and some of this was some, some interesting points brought up by Mick but uh, we're going to leave all that I'm going to leave that with you um, there is our uh, best album titles but but kind of like trying to dig down a little deeper and find some categories to it um, alright so um, where are we here so uh, right so if you like this show and want to support future episodes man you know uh, so this was the first week because I hate doing it. I hate going on Facebook and reminding people about the Ko-Fi thing and writing some stupid little thing. And I only do that every two weeks. But this week I just I just kind of skipped it. And uh, you know it's it's kind of a short list. Thank you for you you know you loyal people who <laughs> definitely go over to Ko-Fi and hit that red support button and buy me a pint. Um, but uh, but so yeah, this week we've got Andy at Black Sugar Transmission, Lee Clifford, David Fisher. Darren Kasabowski, Augustin Garcia de Paredes, Steve Polari, and Rye Self. So thank you very much uh, without having to be reminded. Um, but um, yeah, that was very cool of you. And um, yeah, there we go. Um, martinpopoff.com for the books that are in print, of course. Uh, the, the Coopers are recent. I've still got both deals. Like I mentioned in this episode, I've got the Hawkwind visual biography. Still got the Nazareth. Still got the Heap. Um, they're great Christmas presents. Getting a little late for that now, but uh, but I might be able to get get you something in time for Christmas. Of course, I'll sign whatever you want to whoever you want in those as well. So that's martinpopoff.com. Uh, there you go. Um, yeah, your homework for this week is uh, go go play some MC5. Um, actually, this corresponds with uh, I've got an MC5 thing going up tomorrow, but that's that's before this this comes out. Um, I, I ranked every MC5 song. Um, for Goldmine Magazine, so you'll be able to see that online uh, if you go check. But uh, thanks again. See you next time. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at the RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at RNR Archaeology. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. 
and why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.